0: History. Today we're going to go over one of the greatest artists of most historians thought. Um, and we've even got some show and tell for you. So let's start class. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming to art history class before we begin in case anybody missed it this morning We have our classes in session t-shirts All you got to do is put your phone up scan uh, the QR code and boom it'll take you to the website We got a bunch of other cool stuff there, but I thought this is class classes in session t-shirt made the most sense obviously um, and yeah, go ahead grab you uh, grab one for you I uh, take a snapshot of it. Uh, You might even get something cool for doing so. So put that up there. And then we are going to uh, start class. I will put this back up at the end of class as well, in case anybody missed it the first time here. So art history covers all sorts of just that. Uh, The important characters who gave art and who made art what it was. So Paul Cezanne from 1839 to 1906, was one of those said artists. So first we're going to go over his life a little bit, or go over um, a little bit about his work, and then we have some images we're going to talk about as well at the end of class too. So one of the most influential artists, according to the metmuseum.org, you can find the link over there, uh, and of modern painting, is Paul Cezanne. He had inspired a generation of artists. Generally categorized as post-impressionist, his unique method of building form with color and his analytical approach to nature influenced the art of things like cube, uh, Cubism, Fauves, and the successive generations of avant-garde artists. He began to paint in 1860 in his birthplace of O. en Provence, and subsequently studying in Paris, Cézanne's early pictures, excuse me, of romantic and classical themes were imbued with dark colors and executed with an impre- expressive brush mark in the tradition of Eugène Delacroix, 1798 to 1863. Dramatic tonal contrast and thick layers of pigment often applied with a palette knife, which is another sort of artist tool you use to make more of a thicker, um, you know, I guess you can call it a 3D effect, but more just kind of depth to the uh, image. Exemplify the vigor with which Cezanne painted during the 1860s, especially apparent in the portrait series of his uncle Dominic Aubert, variously costumed as a lawyer, an artist, and a monk. Now, if you go to the uh, museum page here, it actually has some of his images of that there. I picked out a couple that weren't that, but I can see how the portraits are still obviously something people love today, but it definitely was kind of fun to see what they looked like way back when. Um, this kind of costume piece is reminiscent of Manet's Spanish paintings of the 1860s. So, excuse me. Um, we know that obviously artists got off of ideas from each other. So, he got lots of his thought process possibly from Edouard Manet and his Spanish paintings. While the three works that Cézanne exhibited in 1874 at the first Impressionist exhibit- exhibition were not fully in line with the Impressionist technique of quickly placing apliques of Picnic on the canvas, he did eventually abandon his relatively dark palette in exchange for brilliant tones and begin painting out of, out of doors, encouraged by the Impressionist painter Camille Pissarro, 1830-1903. His bathers painting of 1874-75 demonstrates a developed style and a tonal skill in one of the first paintings of this theme, which recurs in his oeuvre. The landscape of bathers has the bones of plain, uh, plain, air painting, meaning outdoor painting, while the figures drawn from the artist's imagination, Cezanne rarely actually draw or drew, I'm sorry, painted nudes from life. Inspiration from these two sources, nature and memory, would occupy Cezanne's later work. The Fisherman, one we're going to actually look at later, of about 1875, shares the same tones as The Bathers, while its subject recalls the themes of fantasy familiar from the 1860s, it too could be product of two polar sources. Um, In his still life paintings of mid-1870s, which he's so known for, Cezanne abandoned his thickly encrusted surface and began to address technical problems of form and color by experimenting with subtly gra- uh, gradated tonal variations or constructive brushstrokes to create dimension in objects. One, one, one we're going to look at called Still Life with Jar, Cup and Apples of 1877 shows Cezanne's rejection of the intense contrast of light and shadow of his earlier years in exchange for a refined system of color scales placed next to one another. Uh, The light of impressionism resonates in his work, but signs of a revised palette are especially apparent in muted tones. Another one of his works, called Still Life with Apples and a Pot of Primroses, a mature work from around 1890, reveals Cézanne's artistic evolution and mastery of his style of building forms completely from color and creating scenes with distorted, perspectival space. Uh, the objects in this painting, such as the fruit and tablecloth, are rendered without use of light or shadow, but through extremely subtle gradations of color. Gradations of color, excuse me. In such uh, still lifes as Dish of Apples of about 76 to 77, as his landscape, he ignores the laws of classic perspective, allowing each object to be independent within the space of a picture while the relationship of one object to another takes precedence over a traditional single point perspective. So as you can see, he went through a lot of different ideas from the very darks and um, I guess monotones kind of thing to the lighter colors to the specific look at everything in the portrait of uh, the painting, excuse me, is um, in- important to um, those things. Um, of course, as we know, he created a subtraction amount of landscape photos, uh, such as Mont Saint-Victor and the Viaduct of the Arc Valley River and the Gulf de Marseille seen from Les Stac. Um, the, um, the latter one anticipates the cubism of, uh, of painters such as Brock and Picasso, especially Brock impressions of Les of about 1908. Uh, later on, we had... Uh, Paintings like the card players, which demonstrates a system of color gradations to both form and create 3D quality in the figures. And then the seated peasant, it celebrates the dignity of working class citizens of Third Republic France, which continues his area of painting for the people, as did the card players do as well. Um, Posthumous exhibitions of galerie, Galerie, Bernheim Yuan and Salon Atomes in 1907 in Paris established Cézanne's artistic legacy. All right, so lots to remember. Again, the link is there if you guys need to write anything down. It also has more of the images. Now, let's go over some of these said pictures that I have because they are very, very awesome. um, And I think you're gonna like them. And we have some, there we go, my computer. Come on computer, it wants to be weird. So uh, my projector screen here is being odd. Let us, come on now guys, sorry guys. And the internet, yes, all right, I know internet. Okay, there we go. All right, so, sorry about that, guys. All right, so first up, we have Still Life with Jar, Cup, and Apples. So in addition to Apples being one of his favorite motifs, the ceramic jar and cup seen in the Still Life feature in numerous paintings by the artist. The wallpaper in the background appears in six works that he painted about 1987, or I'm sorry, 1877, when he rented an apartment at 67 Rue Host, Paris, its pattern is echoed both by the shape of the white cloth on which the everyday items are arranged and by the painted floral decoration on the front of the wooden chest. So we see this. You can tell all the different things he's doing. We have, as they said, the dimensions between the background and the foreground. We have the still life that he likes so much. And in my opinion, each individual item there kind of has its own little doing. You have the apples, you have the jars, you have the cups. But even more so, the things that aren't talked about, like, the you know, the table that it's on, the, the you know, the bottom part, uh, the bottom area, excuse me, um, it all plays into, you know, some of his, some of his more famous doings, I think. Now, this next one here, I liked a lot. This is the fisherman that we talked about earlier. Um, the critic George Rivière admired this painting at the 1877 Impressionist exhibition and he wrote, it is strikingly majestic and extraordinarily calm. It seems that the scene takes place in Cezanne's memory while he turns the pages of his life. The composite image of fishermen and elegantly attired strollers along a sunlit shore derives from paintings of outdoor leisure by Manet and Monet from the 1860s. It also harkens back to pastoral prototypes that Cezanne admired in the work of Venetian painters Gigorne, Taishian, and Veronese. So, obviously, he had a lot of personal background to who he liked and looked at to make this. However, I do agree that the outdoor theme we have, it mixes two things together. You have people that are just wandering the, the shoreline and having a day out. However, you also have the group of people in the corner who are fishing, most likely for Their work for their money. So he does have a contrast here, but I do agree with uh, Riviere. It does seem like he's painting out of something that he's seen before. If you look at the sky, you look at the trees. Everything is very, um, you know, it it's blended, and that I think is great because I focus more on the people than I do the outside. But it's not so blended that you forget that these guys are having a day. Out. All right, now this one is really, really, really nice. This is, we talked about earlier as well, the Gulf of Marseille seen from Le Estac. So Cezanne enthused about the fishing village of Le Estac to Pissarro in 1876. He said, it is like playing, it is like a playing card. Red roofs over the blue sea. The sun is so terrific here that it seems to me as if the objects were silhouetted not only in black and white, but blue. Red, brown, and violet. Cezanne painted some 20 views of this uh, area here over the next decade, a dozen of them facing toward or across the Gulf of Marseille. In the distance of his painting atop the hill, to the right of the jetty, the towers of Notre Dame de la Garde stand watch over the city of Marseille. You can see them in the corner uh, to your far left. Um, you can tell you got them over there. But this I love, this is a wonderful landscape painting, um, again, muted tones, but not muted enough where you lose sight of it, but I can, I can understand why somebody like him would want to paint something like this. I mean, it's hard not to look at this and imagine that you are there, you are looking over what looks like he's probably up on a higher hill looking down over the city, but I love the look across to the mountains. It is beautiful, it is elegant, but you never lose sight of what he is actually talking about. Now, the last one here we also spoke of shortly. This is the card players. Now, this is one of the ones where he did about his, um, what do you call it, the ode to the working man, the, the rural person. Cezanne was in his 50s when he undertook a painting campaign devoted Excuse me. To giving memorable form to a subject that inspired the likes of Caravaggio and Hardin, he was determined from the start, as we see in the sturdy provincial scene, to make it his own. Cezanne carefully crafted this composition from figure studies he had on he had made of local farmhands. Once he had puzzled out his conception, he continued to fine tune the poses and positions of the card players until they, like the four pipes hanging on the wall behind them each fell perfectly into place. Cezanne channeled the quiet authority he achieved here into a much larger variant, and punctuated the series with three works in which he paired away extraneous details to focus on the gaze of the pair, or on a pair of players. So how cool is this one? So he really did try very hard to make sure you knew what he was going at, and this was the people in the picture. You do have the gentleman in the back, uh, you have the pipes that he mentioned, but he really wanted you to do. Now, what I think is really cool is he literally didn't do this by watching. He had these poses from previous paintings. He reformed the poses over and over again until he got this. Look at the cards on the table. Look at the miscellaneous things on the table. Look at the the table itself, the chairs. It looks as if he snapshotted a photograph of of well four people but three guys playing cards on uh you know in a in a, in a bar in a, in a diner wherever they were pretty extraordinary i think for someone to do this kind of work here so what do you guys think how cool is this stuff so one more time guys if you weren't able to check it out gonna throw this up while we finish up all right so we got Cezanne today we talked about his artwork we talked about where his work ideas came from not so much his life per se because we wanted to focus more on excuse me his why he why he painted what he did and how he evolved how he went from dark to light to more. Photogenic style, portrait style, all that good stuff. So if you haven't yet, pick up your phone, go grab that QR code, snap it. It'll bring you up to the page. Grab it. Like I said, it'll be really cool. Get your uh, thing. There's multiple colors you can find it in. And yeah, the more you do for, uh, the more you uh, give, the more we give back to you. As always, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this art history class. We'll be back tomorrow with so much more fun. Let's keep the conversation going on Discord and post. The links will all be below. Until tomorrow, thanks for watching. Stay curious.